Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So uh, that's right. I'm back with a repeat guest co-host. And the fun of this is that this gentleman, I got to go back now. Wow. We aired him back on episode 71 May 1st, 2017. So we've actually physically met and then have stayed in touch virtually. Uh, this gentleman knows a little bit about diversity. And uh, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this right into his intro. We want to talk today about a new book. New book titled, Use Your Difference to Make a Difference, How to Connect and Communicate in a Cross-Cultural World. And uh, you guys will get to know more about him because this is how we do it on this show. So without further ado, Teo Roxon. Welcome back thank to the show, so sir. Uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on. It is. It's so funny to think about how fast time flies. I, right. I remember? Yeah, we were in that hotel, right? We were in a hotel that was uh, uh outside of Philadelphia, like the north, that that edge of New Jersey. I forget the town. I don't even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, that was my sec first MapCon, I think. Yeah. How many have you been since then? I don't know. I, I speak at them now. So <laughs> I stepped into your shoes. <laughs> no, you, you took your shoes and you, you, you filled them out. You, you, you've done a lot of incredible things since then. I remember we had a conversation. We were talking about, you know, the, uh, the, you know my favorite Denzel movie. Ah. So I, I, uh, I'd given a call. And then we just used to sit down and just talk in the lobby, you know, where they were ordering food. Yep. And you would tell me about your adventure. Why is that so complicated for some people? Let's just, let's just pause on that one little theme. Like what you just promoted kind of blows people's minds sometimes. Like they're like, wait a minute, you just like meet people and then you just sit down and have conversations. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what normal human beings should be able to do. I mean, maybe I'm stretching it too far with the word normal. I don't know, man, you, you're, you're big in the public speaking market. You're now an author. What are your thoughts on that little subject? I think naturally humans are primed to connect, right? I, I think it's, uh, I think we're social beings. I, I, I know there are studies that are doing that. I'm not, I saw those studies as I was writing the book. So the concept of meeting people though, that are strangers, uh, I don't know if that's something that's conditioned, <laughs> you know, sometimes you have people that feel intimidated. They feel like they might not be met with the same reaction. They might feel like they don't have anything worthy to say, or sometimes it's just, they don't want to talk to the other person, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's a lot of that. But for people like you and me, we're naturally uh, energetic. And so we might be <laughs> uh, on the other end of the spectrum for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know why it's weird, but um, I think it's a combination of reasons for sure. You know, I, I joke around with people because they're like, why is it do you do what you do? And right. I was like, could you help me define that? Because I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> Like you ever have that, you ever have that pause where it's like, I don't really, some, I, I know what I do, right? You right. know, you know what you do, but yes. sometimes it kind of catches you off guard. And because again, fa rewind three years ago when I met you to fast forward to today. I mean, since you and I last talked that, that's 2017, right? So, yeah. uh, solidified my relationship, got married earlier this year on St. Patrick's day up in the Canadian Rockies on our heli skiing wedding. Right. Big congrats again. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Like uh, Scott, Scott said, he would never get married. And that, I, and I that was married. literally one of the conversations we had. <laughs> I remember you saying, I, I'm, I'm never, you know, I have a life partner and you know, yep. she knows this and I was like, okay, well, I guess you two are the same pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then sometimes they wear you down um, yeah. or, or it actually something I've said many times on this show uh, because we don't edit and we don't care about our vernacular choices. I said, she was somebody who helped me pull the head out of my ass, which is still in there sometimes. Uh, she'll be happy to remind me of that. <laughs> but mm -hmm. like sometimes you just get so self-centered. Let's be honest. In my relationships, I was so I'm such a driven person that I always put the relationship to the back burner. You know. Hmm. So like it's funny because I've now been on like a couple of relationship podcasts, and they're like, "You should write a book on romance." I'm like, "No, that's not a good idea." at all huh. <laughs> so i'm curious how does she feel when you when when you say that because that's very big of you to admit that you said you put the relationship with the backward because i remember when we talked mm -hmm. that was one of the things you said you just don't want to you feel like marriage you know would be like a distraction almost <laughs> so it sounded like and yeah. then so how, how does that i always wonder about the other side how does that how is that received 
when it does know. not get received well if you say that. <laughs> uh, so anybody watching or listening to this, do not say that when you're in a dating process or relationship. If you mm. want, unless you want to guarantee it to end, uh, because part of part of the joke is that you know she that's 2017. No, she probably already took me back because uh, she broke up with me uh, because uh, I was not opening up. You know, my mm. fire, my, my walls were still up from my firefighting days and I just mm-hmm. wasn't letting people still back in. And I didn't realize it. Right. I was telling people like you, like we're just sitting in a hotel lobby and we're talking about our profession and, and podcasting and being able to give back and connect with all these people. But yet I was still not willing you know, to connect with somebody super close to me, you know, that was willing to open themselves up. So it was a big wake up call conversation growth. I mean, it kind of blew my brain wide open. I was like, wow, man. Uh, I'm still growing from it, obviously, you know, putting, putting a ring on it helps. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and that's an interesting concept because the book is about, so let me, we, when we say the book is about how to connect and communicate in a cross-cultural world, I sometimes feel marriage and, um, you know, relationships between men and women or, you know, any gender identity, that's a cross-cultural experience where you have your inner culture and then there's another inner culture. Okay. Both you you had to go to certain things. She had to go as well. I mean, you said, you said there were some things that obviously she did. Maybe she thinks of herself and you or you, you put the stuff in the back burner. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's a microcosm of the world today, essentially, mm-hmm. where we are in this time that's defined by fear, ignorance, right? R- regardless of how you feel. And a lot of those things that inform our fear or our ignorance are either our unwillingness to learn more of the other side or things that we've believed that might not actually be true, you know, things we've heard or stereotypical things. And we just, we've just, condi- we've just been conditioned to believe that. And so it's interesting in hearing the progression from your relationship because you did something you never thought you could do. Yeah. And whether you talk about races that changed or white supremacists or things like that, that it's, it's, it's another thing. They just learn not to humanize the other person or understand the other side or whether it's Republican versus Democrat or Democrat versus Republican. And I think that core concept of learning how to build relationships whether it's virtually or on uh, or physically, is the key to saving our world. <laughs> well, I, I agree yeah. with you, obviously. And uh, I think something that I rewind about one minute in your conversation here, maybe 45 seconds, the key word right. you threw out the stuck in my head I had to bring up here was the conditioning or the conditioning process. Right. And I allowed myself I actually, I think I might have self-conditioned myself those years ago when I was firefighting years ago. And I, 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 my tagline was, I used to tell people like, you know what, dude, you know, this is already one of the most dangerous jobs in the world, you know, fighting wildfires, you know, it's like hiking in the mountains. I was like, and I'm watching my fellow, you know, brothers on the crew worrying about, you know, what is their wife doing? What is their girlfriend doing? You know, is the mother of their child, you know, soon to be born child going to be okay while they're on a fire? Like, I was like, I just did not allow those pieces to come into my life those two years because I didn't want the distraction. So that's how I justified it. But what I didn't realize was I was actually, since I stayed unplugged from that for those two years, I conditioned myself away from that. And those walls did get solidified. And I was like, wow, man, I didn't realize I had to blow those. I had to, I spent the past few years breaking them back down. And that was my own fault. (laughs) I love that so much. Okay. So this is uh, what I believe the bedrock of connection is. It's essentially what I wrote, wrote on. I think it's three principal factors. I say, educate, don't perpetuate, instead communicate. All right. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll break it down. And so the education piece is, it's broken down into two parts. It's self-education and education of environment. I believe that if we want to ever connect with someone, we have to first start off with ourselves. We need to know what our biases are, our triggers are, and what our values are. And so everyone has biases. Everyone has, it's, it's what protects us. It's also what inform you know, basically it's what informs us about how we see other people. Yeah. It can be good. It can be bad. It doesn't make you necessarily racist or any of that or sexist or misogynist, but if you don't understand how your biases can lead to some prejudices or, or, or stereotypes, you don't know where to, where there's room for growth. You know, you can walk in on the street and maybe there's a homeless person and you find yourself crossing the street or someone, and then you wonder, you, you wonder why you keep doing that. What is the reason? Do you feel like, you know, what is the reason we have to investigate those biases? But if we don't start off being honest with ourselves on those things, we have a problem because then we start to think there's nothing wrong with me. And we miss out on that growth. And it also affects how we connect with other people. And then after you investigate your biases and create the room for improvement and make sure you find ways to normalize and humanize people, it's about understanding what your triggers are. 
I mean, there's certain things that if I'm in a room, if I hear someone, I can fly off the handle. You know, someone said for me, I think for me, a bigger, when people try to make me feel like I'm not, you know, enough or they, they, something about me is, is, is not worthy or something for some reason is triggered for me because a lot of my life, I grew up in five countries, four continents. A lot of times I, you know, I used to have the identity crisis and I didn't yeah. feel like, so when I feel someone's condescending or something, I notice that I, you know, my inner is, inner body gets that. And so what are those moments where you, you, you're triggered positively or negatively, knowing that can actually help with your connection because it can inform you with how you tell hey, look, this is just not a situation or a good environment for me. I noticed that I do this. And then your other partner or anyone you're talking to can say, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't mindful of that. Yeah, I remember you and I chatting about that too. I think either sitting yeah. in a lobby or on that last podcast back in 2017. And for our yeah. newer listeners, uh, again, how, real quick, let's pause. I, I you, you said you, you moved around from continents, countries. Could you help other people understand why? Like, just so they understand it. Because there's newer listeners like, wait a minute, what? Why? Why? Yeah. That sounds cool. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, for those listening, I, uh, if, you, if you didn't listen to the first episode, I'm Nigerian. And I grew up in five countries and four continents, as well as two dictatorships. Yeah. Right? And a lot of that was because of my dad's job as a diplomat. As a diplomat, you get posted out of the country a lot. And so you, you spend three to four years in one country and you come back to your home country, do the same, then go back. And so we were always moving. It was Sweden, Vietnam, Burkina Faso, United States, and, uh, and Nigeria for me as, as my formative years. And so in, in those moments, your identity becomes fluid and mm -hmm. it can become conditioned or you can think less of yourself if you let the society decide it, right? I meant there were many moments when I thought I wasn't black enough or man enough or Nigerian enough based on certain things. I'm like, why don't you do this? This is not how we do things. And so you have to learn how to find a confidence yourself. And so when, you know, as I was going through that process and understanding my triggers, it really allowed me to really develop this level of self-awareness. If you want to connect, you have to be self-aware. So that biases, triggers, and then your values. You know, you have a lot of values. I know you from everything that I've, I've known about you, there's certain things that you believe. But many people and companies don't live out their values, actually. You can catch them. You stop anyone on the road. Hey, I believe in honesty, integrity. And I always ask them, oh, so are you always honest with everyone? Or I believe in love and all that. Do you love everyone? Like in a different, no, I only love this type of people. And when you don't actually live out your values as a company or as an institution, you get in trouble. Enron, all these people. When you don't live out your values, you become less of who you say you are, <laughs> farther from that version. And that becomes a disconnect tool. And then it leads to the don't perpetuate. That's basically how you work against systemic, you know, systemic oppressions or systemic things. You know, how do you perpetuate certain stories? Do you, as if you're a storyteller, for example, like you, are you telling stories that marginalize people and make people see the world a certain way? You know, if you're in the news, are you only saying this to promote people in a different way? If you are in the workplace, are you saying that you don't hire people from a certain tribe because their name is not English? You know, mm -hmm. are, you know, there's so many things. Or are you making identity jokes, jokes on people's based on, based on, based on people's identity? And then there, obviously, we have the fake news aspect of the world. Oh. We have a lot of, we, yeah, we live in a world of deep fakes. We live in a world, I don't know if you ever watched The Great Hack. It's a documentary on net, the Netflix, but it talks about how data. Is being, I just added that to my list. Because uh, oh. we've been on a bit of a, because uh, I, I just helped launch a documentary. So we've been on a big uh, doc move, <laughs> uh, movie thing, you know, for a while. You're going to love this. You're going to love this and be blown away. But that that is, talking about conditioning, a lot of us have echo chambers where we just, receive information that confirms our beliefs and all those things that affect how we see the world. And then it comes down to history. A lot of the history, black history, for example, here is often taught from slavery. I'm Nigerian and I, I know history before that. And I'm like, wait, we know more, but all these things shape how we see the world and, and all that. And then the last aspect uh, of the framework connection is instead communicate. We just need to learn how to communicate mm -hmm. with people that don't have the same values as us. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I got to rewind again because I, you dropped some great key words throughout all this, but the one that stood out to me again as as we're hanging is the self-awareness piece. Yes. That, to tie this full circle, was one of the reasons why, again, I think I needed to pull my head out of my butt. Like I needed somebody like her to, to give me the wake-up call, but then I still had to take the responsibility to become more self-aware, to put in the work. I've talked about this before on, on random past shows, uh, and it's funny because I'm actually going to be talking it's where we met at MapCon next week, and my topic is I'm, I'm actually – because I, I don't believe in speaking about the same thing over and over again. <laughs> like, keep it fresh, you know? So um, I'm actually going to target transparency, you know, and, and, and the power and the freedom 
that it can provide you if you just be who you are and and put it all out there because it's no holds barred. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how that podcasting helped me do that because you spent, you put it, you know, you've been doing this for five years. I'm doing it for three years. Like you put enough reps in, things get a little bit easier. It's just like going to the gym, man. So, uh, but the point here on the self awareness piece was that I had to take that accountability. I had to take that personal accountability. Say, great, Scott, you claim to be this uh, self development dude, always studying, right? Crushing podcasts, crushing audio books, blah blah blah. And then when when she broke up with me, I realized, wait a minute, I've done all this professionally, and health and fitness and everything, and like but I didn't do it with my heart. So I needed to take the time pause. And over those next two, three months while we were broken up, put in that self work, you know, figure that out, become more self-aware. Um, and I've had a, numerous people, and this is not a pat on my back. It's, I want to reflect on people who have helped me along the way. They were like, dude, do you know how rare that is? And the sad part of that statement is that they had to use the word rare. And I think yeah. this ties back to you and your book. And I wanted to bring that up to help, this conversation because it's like, dude, that wasn't easy for me. I had to be, I had to take that. That's a big step. So, yeah. so many people, and this goes for diet, exercise, uh, going back to school, try, basically choosing to commit to grow yourself personally, right. professionally, and otherwise. And that's what I, that's what I'm thinking of right now when you're, when you're hitting on all this stuff, because yeah. so many people just do the blame game thing because of their conditioning. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. No, you're, you're spot on. Self-awareness is the number one. I mean, when you think about cross-cultural communications, the idea of being self-aware means you're going to come to terms with the fact that you could be racist. And being racist doesn't mean you're a bad person, by the way. You've said racist things. You've said sexist things. you said, yeah. we've all had all those moments. Yeah. But that idea of actually being someone who, who has done something that is reviled is something that we can't, for some reason, reconcile with. And self-awareness doesn't take that into account. It just says, look, I have been part of the problem. I have participated in a bad narrative, but the best thing to do, like you said, is to actually take that step and say, me knowing that I've done this gives me a, 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 a certain level of influence and power <laughs> to say that I can now change the narrative. And not many people are willing to go there because we're stuck on, I'm a good person and I don't have to change, it's you. <laughs> um, and it, 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 it's so interesting. I, and and I, you know, that's why I'm passionate about diversity and inclusion. I, I do feel like we do need to get our head, our head out of our butts, but we also need to understand that with digital media and with all these places where we're in schools, we're parents and we're in workplaces. If we're, if you want to be leaders and train people, how do we not create safe spaces for people to be themselves? Mm -hmm. You know, it, we can't all of a sudden create environments where everybody thinks the way we think. I mean, we might feel strongly about how we feel, but this is a world of 7.5 billion people. In what world, what level of arrogance do you have to have to basically say you want to have an echo chamber? There's a lot of benefit that can come from having uh, competing thoughts, but we shouldn't be threatened because someone is different. Use your difference to make a difference. Is what no, I that's, that's true. There's, yeah. there's many people who are afraid to even get into a healthy debate anymore because, I mean, and I, I choose the word healthy because it's okay if you have a different opinion. That's yeah. beautiful. Like, but have a healthy debate about it. Don't go off the reservation, freak out, like all these different terms that are out there. It's like, guys, like, just have a discussion, you know? Yeah. Like you and I sitting down in a lobby of a hotel. We don't know what we were about to talk about. We may yeah. bring up subjects that we don't both agree on. Yeah. We but... didn't agree on the marriage thing. <laughs> there you we go. Talked we talked about that. And I, you're right. There's, um, I, I, say, I say this all the time, in a world of nuance, we're governed by binary systems, mm. right? So it's either this or that. And so what that happens is people are either seen as trolls <laughs> or politically correct, <laughs> right? And always, like, always politically correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're too VC or you're just a troll. And then we forget it, but most of the world is in the middle. And sometimes people will be like, well, I don't want to say anything because that's going to, you know, you're going to say I'm this or you're going to think of me as that. And the other side is like, well, you should know that this is going to, and, and we need to be able to, release our ego in some level <laughs> and, and Ooh, open good word, the dialogue. Ego. Oh man. Got to pause on that. Wow. Especially, I mean, this isn't just, I, mean, I will say, hold on, help me with this one. Yes. Ego, man. We got to pause on that because yes, this pause. comes into play on all of us. We're all guilty of it. To this day, I have to do the I'm thing like you, it. we have to catch it. All right. When you're yeah. such, when you're a driven personality, driven to succeed, driven to help others succeed, 
I think we all, all still fall back into that. And I don't know if it's a male-female thing, but sometimes I feel like us guys are more guilty of the ego. But I know some very professional, successful ladies that have that. Um, and again, people can correct me if I'm wrong. I consider it a, a masculine trait, but it can also be a feminine trait. But I think all of us, if you're that passionate about something, ego does come into play. It, I think it's inevitable. Yeah, ego is inevitable. But at this thin, then how do you manage? How do you manage it? And how do you make sure it's not getting in the way of? Um, what you know connection because there's a there's a healthy amount of ego that exists mm -hmm. for sure but then what if the ego comes in and you we have a conversation and you're like nope i've already said this person is wrong i believe i don't like this person because of based on his beliefs i don't even know this person but i'm just going to continue to do this and i'm not going to let the person talk i'm not going to i'm going to like make make sure all my points are and i'm going to make sure i embarrass this person in public and then you're like oh is that about your ego or are you trying to have the conversation? You're trying to prove to the world that you are someone that's so educated and so this mm -hmm. that you forget the other side. That's what I'm, that's what I'm referring to. And then there's the ego of like, I'm the best. I believe I can do it. I'm dream. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's different, but um, yeah, we have to manage the, uh, that, that emotion. Uh, it's, it's an interesting place. So do you uh, get into that in the book? I mean, again, I'm going to do some screen sharing again, but do you get in? Oh, is there yeah, a chapter on like catching yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And I, I, a lot of the parts in the last section, which is about instant communicating, is about opening dialogue. I talk about um, improv artists, for example. There's this thing called, you know, a lot of improvs, you know, comedians, uh, you know, actors, they get into this. It's, it's basically whatever scenario is given to you, you accept it and you build on it. You can't negate it. You can't belittle it. You just accept on it. And they say, you know, they'll throw out scenarios. And that concept of yes and instead of no but mm. is so beautiful in the sense that if you are forced to be in that scenario where no matter what's being said, you have to build on that, that allows you to understand the other side. You're like, okay, that's what you said. Let's go to the next side. <laughs> and uh, and, and I think that ability to open dialogue is, 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 is very, is very interesting. And I also talk about how architects work, uh, okay. and, 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 and So an architect basically meets a client, the client gives the architect their projections. These are my goals. This is what I want. Okay. And then the architect then has to do research to see if what he wants or she wants is viable you know he has to check with the mayor the codes the he has to see if the if the building is too high it's going to affect flights it's going to affect birds environmental if it's going to affect the the neighbor thank you for ordering That's gonna, why i'm doing this live on the air brother <laughs> yeah if it's going to affect the, the neighboring thing and then based on that he he or she goes back to the client and say okay so these are the this is the research i did this is what we don't do we don't do research we just go off and based on this this is what can actually happen hmm. and then i say okay i agree with that that architect then has to go to the contractors and say, okay, can you do this? Is this what's happening? These are the, things, these are the timeline. And then the architects, the constant back and forth in between. The client wants this. Contractor says this. This is the timeline. That's the way of the conversation. It's you take information, research, build, adjust, come back, move, adjust, say, stay. I mean, it's, it's the same way, but that's what they do. You have to be a big picture thinker, a macro and a micro thinker mm. in, in the same way because things change, uh, you know, and do you change or do you stay rigid? Well, uh, I, and I don't care how many coaches you, you get in life. I, I, I truly believe, by the way, if you are working with coaches throughout your career or your professional or just your personal life, keep looking to level them up after a little while. It's good to freshen things up. Um, but I also tell people all the time, if you have a great coach, make sure they have a great coach to keep leveling them up and holding them accountable. Uh, but anyway, coaches I've worked with over the years, the most common thing that I used to teach my employees in the corporate space years ago was like, guys, if you want to succeed life, business, career, whatever, you have to learn to embrace change. So that's why I wanted to hit on real quick. Cause you brought up change and that's that ebb and flow. And you have to be willing to at least pause and consider what change can bring. If you yeah. just bring the wall up right away, say, nope, professionally, that never would have allowed me to grow my career, right? I, I, if I, I, I never would have left the corporate world and even tried being a, a wildland firefighter, right? Like all these things that I have helped me build where I am today and lift the fuel and everything else, these all things happen for a reason. But one of the biggest underlying principles People are like, how do you do all the crazy adrenaline junkie sports and everything else? I'm like, because I've just gotten better at embracing change, embracing the challenges that come. Not everybody's at that place in the timeline, though. So I think that's important. I'm sure your book helps with that, too. Maybe you can dig into that. But it's like, right. that's something that's come up over the past. You'll appreciate this. You've been podcasting over five years. 
over the past probably year and a half, um, the first year and a half, all of a sudden I started seeing one key word come to the surface on this show. We discuss health, business, and lifestyle, but mindset always end up coming up above that. I love hammering on mindset. And then the past year and a half, a tagline started developing. And I said, we are all just at a different place on the timeline. Again, this ties back to your diet, where you're at in your exercise program, where you're at in your love life, whether you're at in your career, your business as an entrepreneur, a public speaker, an author, whatever. Uh, but I think that's important to help people understand too, is that, you know, you and I are talking like we know what we're talking about, but it's like, guys, like, it's okay. We're just a little bit placed down bit. You, you might be starting off earlier on. So yeah. how, how do you help people understand that? Well, I, I think the, the point you hit on the most to help people understand that is that there isn't uh, an end destination to growth, you know, it, especially when you, it's all about growth mindset and fixed mindset. And I, and that's uh, it's a passage I say in the book, we all need to understand that this is all about growth mindsets. There are things that will change. And if we are so fixed on our way being the only way, it becomes a problem. But when you have a growth mindset, you are, you're, you're naturally more curious. And when you're curious, you start to explore that. And as you explore that, you find, oh, that's a different way. Oh, that's another way. And you're constantly there. But if you feel like you know everything, that's the mindset that we're, we need to uh, go against, mm -hmm. then you're not going to grow. Um, and so if you commit, you know, I, I meditate, I try to meditate as regularly as I can, or I, and I say affirmations and things like that. When I'm starting my day, I'm saying things like, you know, you know, I'm open to new experiences, you know, or I, I, I want this to happen. And I'm setting a goal that I believe that I have to grow into the person to achieve it. You know, when before this book came, this would be a good example. Um, 2018, I said, I want to write a book in 2019. Didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't have any publication or, you know, connects to anyone. And I just said, I just know that I want to do it in 2019. And people were like, well, how are you going to do it? Do you have any connects? I was like, I don't know. I just, I'm going to write a book and I want it to be a published author. Uh, I want it to be a traditional publisher. And so what I had to do was learn how to grow. And I was like, okay. I don't know what's in my network, but let me see if I can get connected to any editors uh, in, in, in the platform. And then they're like, okay, I know an editor in Holton, uh, in McGraw-Hill. We talked, then we the, went radio silent. Then I went to LinkedIn, found some people. Mm -hmm. They also went radio silent. And then I thought to myself around October, I am a podcaster. Publishers <laughs> uh, reached out to me all the time with their authors. Why don't I just ask one of my guests if they have uh, publishers, uh, you know, that they could introduce me to. Mm -hmm. And then one, one of them did. And then, you know, the funny thing that happened was she said I was too small for her, small <laughs> for the publisher. This was going from me being big, me being too small for, it's all good for us to get a little wake up call once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, sorry, no, she said I was too big for it rather the first oh. time in the year. Yeah. Oh. The first year, sorry. In the first part of the year, as people were saying I was too small and then she said I was too big for her. But then the amazing thing that she did was, I'm going to introduce you to a company I used to work for called Wiley. Mm -hmm. um, and that was all tenacity. But the thing that I was doing, I was still writing a book in the process as, as if I, I got the book deal. And so when I got the book deal in December, they said, okay, well, if you wanted to do this in the fall, you need to send me this book by March 1st. And uh, deadlines. Like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Sure. And then I sent the book February 28th. And like, and everybody was, how did you write this? How did you do this? I said, I was always prepared and I was constantly learning and growing. And here it is on, on September 4th. So you have to employ a growth mindset. If you're going to do a cross-cultural communication, you have to understand that you're not going to have all the answers. You're mm -hmm. going to make mistakes. You might say something that's offensive. You might say something that, that, <laughs> that um, someone doesn't like, but are you willing to humble yourself, apologize and move on? Are you willing to know your place and understand that you might not always be the one that needs to say something? That's a good you know? point for your book content. Like, honestly, the book, you, you put it out there. I think a lot of people are held back from putting out a book because they're afraid to rub people the wrong way. Yes. And I think an underlying theme here, I think that you've very well hit on, I think we could put into words, is that many of us are afraid to rub people the wrong way. And yes. it's like, guys, uh, whatever the population number was you threw out there in this world, you're never going <laughs> to make everybody happy. The sooner you learn that in life and the sooner you start taking a position on things. And again, not in an aggressive and obnoxious way. I mean, just like take a position. Okay. Okay. I don't agree with you here. Cool. At least we know. But yeah, because like I, even, even though so now your books out, there might be people who read this book and we either going to agree or they're going to disagree. Exactly. But if you never put the book out there, 
you won't know. <laughs> yeah, but you also know the con- you know the the consequence of not doing that. What happens is when those parents don't have the dialogue because they want to be seen as good people and they have that internal thought where they haven't worked through their biases or any of those things, what happens is their kids observe them, right? Mm. And the kids see, or anyone in their circle of influence see that. And they go to their circle of influence, just adopting things that they, you know, unconsciously that they picked up from their parents. And then the parents say, whoa, I've ne- you know, how did this guy say the N-word? I've never, ever said, we don't say that now. And I'm like, how do you think this happened? Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's those type of things. And it's if you don't have the um, what Brene Brown says, if you don't have the ability to choose courage, you know, uh, you know, over comfort, we're going to be in a tricky place where, you know, we're not saying what we mean because we don't want to offend someone. And we're not having we're missing out on opportunity for growth. And that's why I love what you do. I mean, I know there are mo- I'm sure we don't agree on the same sports teams. I'm sure we don't, we don't agree on all the values, but we are always ready to engage in, in terms of dialogue. And um, at the end of the day, we stay respectful to each other. Well, I mean, nowadays, and obviously this is a big part of what you do, like, hey, guess what? Teo and I are on the opposite spectrums of the color spectrum. Okay, oh, right? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> but we're sitting down and having conversations. Oh my God. For, the sad part is if we're approaching 2020 and that's still weird for some people. It's still weird for some people. It absolutely is. I've had, I've, I've had conversations with people who, you know, who always said, and I, I brought many examples in the book, you know, there was um, an old lady in Texas. I was at a wedding and she said, you know, I just want to, elderly, I just want to congratulate you, you know, for being one of the good black ones. You don't have any do-rag, <laughs> you don't have any do-rag or earrings or cornals. And I was like, what is uh. happening? And, and then did you have and, to catch your breath for a second? Like, okay, I just... did. I couldn't because I was the only. Actually, I was the only black person in the wedding. Uh, his friend. And then, um, and then two other things happened. Uh, a Drake song was playing. A lot of people were saying the N word. Like, yo. And then I was like, what? <laughs> and then the pastor of that church, he found that I was Nigerian. And there, some some people have stereotypes about Nigerians. And he said, like, oh, this prince. He just hid his credit card and said, oh, I guess I have to hide my credit card from you since you're in Nigerian. And I'm like. All these things are happening. Did he actually say that? Yes, he said. Oh, yes. Be careful with this guy. Uh, you know, and he said, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, and obviously, was he trying to make a joke? He was. I. He was definitely laughing when he said he was trying to make a joke. Okay. Well, also, still. you could also tell that he was being <laughs> that it was serious about that. But even regardless, the joke or yeah. serious, it's the whole thing. Say the N word. Someone needs to congratulate me to tell me that I'm a good black guy. Okay. Simple. Hey, man. That's, that's the whole point. How do we have those conversations? You'll, you'll, it happens all the time. You'll appreciate this. And, and this is not about me. This is about this guy. Uh, last week, I stopped to get gas at, at a gas oh. station. I'm like, came home from some meetings uh, two hours from here out in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And this dude was at the gas pump trying to jumpstart his car. So I guess like he pulled in to get gas and his car died. Oh. You know, black guy looked at his clothes. I mean, Whatever, I don't care. Like, he looks like he worked for like a pool installation company, like to do all this high end pools, which I found out he did. Um, Sub so two pumps over, and I, I just finished pumping, and he just comes like jogging over. He's like, "Hey man," he's like, "Excuse me, sir." He's like, "Is there any chance you can give me a quick jump?" And I turn because I was like, "Well, when I pulled in, somebody was jumping him, then they're gone." So I guess they couldn't wait long enough to see if they can get the guy's car started, so they just left. So I was like, "Yeah, dude." I don't care, whatever. So I pull my car over. I try and jumpstart the guy's car. And uh, he's got this big SUV. And uh, the lady from the gas station comes out. She's got like four teeth. Um, not that it matters. But anyway, she's like, you know, I, I don't want to be a bitch. But she's like, um, I, I, people are complaining that you're trying to jumpstart your car at the gas pump. First of all, there was only like one other person at the pump. And I was like, first of all, who? <laughs> But it's like, second of all, I was like, okay. So the guy, so I was like, I was like, not a problem. I was like, uh, and his name was uh, Franchet. Franchet, that's right. Franchet, Franchet. I mean, it was like, I, I gave him props to me. I was like, dude, my name is so boring. It's just Scott, whatever, man. <laughs> so I was like, dude, we'll just push your car over into the side parking spots. So let's finish getting this done. And he's like, oh, we can't do that. He's like, my car is too big. And I'm like, dude. I work out. Don't worry about it. So I was like, I was like, just grab that wheel. And I was like, we got this. So I was like, and he was, I had to push him up over this concrete hump. And it actually was a struggle. But in my, I'm in dress shoes and a suit. <laughs> I didn't give a crap. Oh, wow, wow, so yeah. we tried jumpstarting it. Can't get the thing. Fast forward the story. And I was like, dude, how far away you live? He's like, oh, I live in downtown Allentown. That's where I live, Pennsylvania. So he's probably about 
10, 15 minutes from my house. I'm like, I'm on my way home. Eh? I don't care about doing a detour. I'll just give you a lift home. I was like, let's just, let's, like, let me, I had already disconnected my car. He couldn't even get his windows up. It was starting to rain. So I was like, get wow. your jumper cables back out. Let's, I was like, clearly your car, your battery's shot. I was like, let's, so I had to rehook up my car to get him enough juice to get his windows up so it doesn't ruin the interior. I was like, just let's take it back to your place. Uh, he didn't have a wallet on him or anything. And I was like, all right, dude, it's not a big deal. Don't worry. He's just like, I can't believe this. This is awesome. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like he, he didn't bring up the color thing at all, but I drive him to downtown downtown and he's got a rental apartment with a couple of roommates, whatever. And we talked the whole time. That's how I found out how he's you know doing this job, everything else. He's looking to better himself. And one of my biggest clients is in the HVAC industry. And I just happened to bring that up in the car. And he's like, oh man, I've been considering maybe becoming a tradesman in that and, and building a career in that. And I'm like, dude, if you work hard, you can do very, very well. So I gave him my card and he was just so thankful and it shouldn't matter. Right. Should it like, doesn't really, the point of the story is like, I don't give a crap. It was a white dude, black dude. doesn't really matter to me. I'm like, the guy clearly needed help. That's, yeah. that's all I saw. So yeah. now granted some people make, well, you just can't give a ride to anybody. And I said, true. That's yeah, that's just true. Then you have your, but I feel like I have a pretty good read on people. Yes. <laughs> so the guy was just trying to get some help and he was on his way home, you know? That's so, and that's the thing. And I'm glad that you reached out to connect, but I'm, it's a beautiful story with, with, that's one of the moments where biases could flare up, right? Whether you're sure. good or bad. And then you're like, Oh gosh, this guy's wearing this. He's this color. I've heard such a story. I don't want, you know, well, and, and he's from New York. So he, he, had, yeah. he had moved here. I, I picked up on his New York accent because you're up in New York. And I was like, oh, it's like you miss New York. He's like, how'd you realize that? I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I could recognize a New York accent. <laughs> it's not that hard. And I mean, uh, but it's just uh, like he's like, yeah, I wanted good. to come here to 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 better myself. You know, he's like the cost of living in New York, even in the boroughs. He's like, it's just it's much higher. He'd been here like five years. And um, it's just the annoying part is like if, if somebody hadn't been as relaxed as me, if all of a sudden you see some guy just running up with some dreads, you know, and stuff like people might not react the same way. The yeah, sad part was, and that's the, you know, so I was, the, there's a portion book of call call about and everybody needs to know the privilege and it's possible to be privileged and oppressed at the same time. And so people get mad sometimes when you hear privilege, Oh, it's a white privilege or this. And, and it has nothing to do with the money. It's the fact that you have less things to think about that guy, for example, probably had to think about he's wearing this, this jumper, he's black. There's a lady there that might be uncomfortable around him and he's staying longer than according to just her protective standards, something that's perceived as unsafe. Yeah. And so that's a thing where he would have to think extra and then he will have to worry about, hey, I can't react angrily because I'm not only going to confirm the stereotype, but then it could escalate things. Mm -hmm. And that's an extra thought that, that happens all the time. And so when you have to do less of that, that's a privilege you have. Or same thing as me as a man, I can walk past, I can walk in the street safely past 9, 9 p.m., right? 9 p.m., I can do that. And when I, I do a lot of masculinity workshops, a lot of women say, you know, they have to worry about, you know, getting heckled, being, you know, they can't run in the park <laughs> because they'll feel like that. They can't do it. And to, uh, to me, it's, oh, yeah, I mean, I just, I walk all the time. I run there and all that. Or they take extra cabs and they take this and you don't do that. And those subtle things, those are the things that we also have to identify. What are our privileges and how can we use that as a superpower where, to, where we can, make things less uncomfortable for other people. And it's just one of those things. Um, but yeah, that was a, a beautiful moment there because I'm sure that guy was thinking about a lot of things. You know, I just, and, sometimes and, what, what do you hear? I, I, yeah, I don't want any trouble, I don't want any trouble. He probably yeah. was. I mean, now yeah. you're bringing that up. I tried to make it as easy as possible because I just didn't care. But yeah. I now that you're talking about that, he probably had all kinds of things going through his mind. Um, you just don't want to be. And that's I mean, a shame, that's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame, but, and, and then, on, on, you know, I. And it happens on all ends of the spectrum. And it's not when people bring that privilege term, it's not to shame you. At least I don't do it to shame anyone. It, yeah. It's more just, hey, look, this is the reality for some people. It just happens. But then how do we make sure we work through those? It's mm -hmm. not a bad thing if you have it. I mean, it's a bad thing if you have it, but it doesn't make you a bad person. But then we have to be honest, self-aware, and then say, okay, I'm going to normalize myself. I'm going to watch more. I'm going to learn more about the history make sure I humanize people. Yeah. I'm going to hang out with people that are different from me. I'm going to see how I can work through those experiences and not stay in my echo chamber so that I can also be someone that can tell other people in my circle that, Hey, it's not always, that's not true at all. You know, people always said that, but that's not true. This is my friend. This is that. So, well, yeah. so on this topic, the whole book launch thing and everything else, right? So, and 
I don't know if you knew this, but I'm actually finishing my first book too. So hey, yeah, congratulations! You, you beat so me. Big year for you. Look at you. <laughs> you beat married. Me. I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm married. I, I'm increasing the public speaking thing. I'm uh, trying to become an author like you. I, Amelia, it was the same thing. I set the goal last year, and that was one of the underlying reasons why I launched the podcast. Because like, well, if and when I ever do write a book, I can. I'll have my own platform to advertise on. So, you know, hey, if no one else wants to buy my book, at least my listeners might. That's how I looked at it. I'll, uh, yeah, if, let me know when it's out. I'll, I'll get it appreciate right away. That, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, 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 it's part, it's going to talk a lot about in those two years spent as a wildland firefighter, the life lessons yeah. learned, even the lessons learned after that. Um, I, I, I got to go back. I'm still doing the editing. So it's already done. I, I just have to edit it. So, oh, wow. Anyway, the point is, is that each of us have different goals to, eventually launch a podcast or eventually write a book or get on stage and talk to people. So the purpose behind the book, is this in a perfect alignment with the podcast or anything else? Or was there a, a, a deeper dive pur purpose of this? You already hinted you set the goal and you wanted to get this done, but there's, there's always like a big picture purpose behind a project. And I, th I feel like my podcast is a little bit different than my purpose behind the book. So for you, the book, and we could tie this into your target audience, right? Like right. really how you're trying to impact and get the people. Can you connect us on all that? Yes. My biggest goal is to impact the lives of 3 billion people. All right. There are 3 billion people under 30 right now. And that's those I've identified them as the next set of global leaders. And I also want to be able to impact the institutions that affect us the most, which are education, family, and workplaces. And so the point of this book was me recognizing a problem, something that I've gone through. I think the world is an identity crisis. It doesn't like to look at the mirror and admit what they've done like to themselves. Like, this is who I am. Me being that skinny Nigerian kid, it was 10 years old, the skinny Nigerian kid with a thick Nigerian accent in a French speaking country in an American international school going through puberty. Hmm. Me having that experience and then going from there to coming back to my home country, Nigeria, and being perceived as not Nigerian enough. It's a reality for so many people. Wow. People that don't get to be themselves because the world doesn't allow them to be themselves. That's the actual problem in the world. People that don't get to express their gender identity, they don't get to express their orientation, they don't get to express, you know, I, I work, I consult with companies and the people that, that are Muslim don't want to wear hijabs in the office because they don't want to trigger someone. Or people that are, are gay don't want to put the couple photos in the photo because people are going to question them. People, when you, when you work with people that strip down their identities, it's a problem. When you teach stories that only show one type of hero kids turn tend to think that there's only one type of hero and they don't see themselves and all that and so my thing was really if i want to help inspire the next set of global leaders i have to inspire both allies and people that are on the other end of the spectrum who feel like they're not enough and so i want people that are allies and i have privilege to say hey I'm going to do my best to make sure that this is a safe space for everyone. And I want people to feel like people on the other side of the spectrum to say, I'm enough. I matter. And I'm going to tell my story regardless. This is how I'm going to do it. And so that was what I was thinking. Uh, you know, and my thinking is if you have people that are all saying, I'm going to use my difference to make a difference, I'm celebrating it and I'm proud of that, we have a much better world. So it's a very long thing. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be doing this until, until uh, you know, I don't want to die, but if, <laughs> if until that, that happens, but I, you know, this is going to be something that will be keeping me up, um, constantly. So that's well, the bigger picture. That's, that's why I asked part. you that question. Cause I knew it'd be longer because well, we're always honing our statements. We're always honing our, you want to call them taglines. I'm the marketing guy, right? Um, yes, you are. You're, you're yeah. Gonna... But it's like, you know, I wanted you to dig deeper into that because it forces us into that position of, okay, how can I shorten that up? How can I grow that statement? But I don't, I didn't want it to be short. I wanted it to be longer because ever since I met you, one thing you've realized, because I'll be 42 this month. Where are you at right now? I'm about to be 30. There you go. All right. So you're, you, you found your target audience, right? Yeah. Whereas like with this podcast, I'm a Gen Xer trying uh -huh. to get back to the millennials and beyond. Right. Uh, I learned from a great mentor a while ago. They said, listen, you can, claim to be the, the, the wisest person in the world. You acquire all this knowledge. You're constantly learning. But he's like, the true definition of wisdom is being able to pass it on. He's like, if you sit there and you're just soaking it up, soaking up, soaking up, you're a taker. He's like, you got to give. You got to give back. And he's like, the, the sooner you can figure out who you're trying to target, who you're trying to impact, who you're trying to help create change with, he's like, that's going to get you closer. And this is where I'm going with all this to your legacy. 
all the crap we're doing in this world, all the lifestyle changes, the sports I do, the podcasting, the author, you writing a book, your podcast, why are we doing it all, right? Hmm. So big picture with you since I met you was this guy, whether he's using it or not, is building one hell of a legacy, right? Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Um, you never thought about that? No, I think about legacy all the time, but I didn't realize you thought that about me. So yeah. that's humbling. Um, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, because we all need to hear this crap a little bit more in life. I mean, uh-huh. you're, you're busting your butt. You're, you're yeah. about to take, I'm hoping, a lot of positive energy from launching a book. But you know there's going to be those couple of haters and trollers out there that are going to start trying to trying to backlash you. But it's yeah. like that. I think we all need to get a little positive love once in a while. And that's one thing that when I saw the book, I was like, oh, man, I got to get back on the podcast. I mean, besides the fact I wanted to hang out and talk to you anyway. Uh, but I was like, man, this guy is building a legacy. And you need wow. to hear those words. Thank you. I mean, sometimes it's, you're right. It's really hard for someone like me. I'm one of the things I'm working on, which is why I've taken on meditation very seriously, is being present. I tend to, I'm just go, 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 go. And um, <laughs> I don't I don't know why I'm so effective at what you said. I was just like, I didn't pause, <laughs> I guess. It's such a... It's like, man, live in the moment. <laughs> yeah. No, wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I want to go back to what you said earlier. I believe life is about, you know, who you are and who, you know, who you want to be the journey to life. You're right. And a lot of life is about figuring out if who you are now can match who you want to be. And that's essentially what the life is about. You, you're throughout the journey. You're, you're trying to always say who you want to be. How many times have you heard people, you know, when I was a kid or when I was younger, I always wanted to do something, but then along the way, whatever, I changed all mm-hmm. that. But if we stay committed to trying to reach that person that we want to be, you're inevitably going to have a growth mindset because you, whether you detour, whether you fall down, whether you hit the high 85 through a smooth, smooth ride, you're going to learn so many things about yourself and you're going to pick up so many passengers along the way. <laughs> um, and then they're going to hop on your ride, which is going to be a legacy. And they're going to want to do what you're doing. And then you're going to find partners that want to do something with you. And then you're going to expand that. Mm-hmm. But if we lose sight of that, when we're being when we're not being self-aware and we don't think of the uh the way we want to, a legacy to be we become the worst versions of ourselves true yeah and normally i ask my guest co-host to leave behind some all-encompassing all-powerful final words oh. <laughs> and as usual you over deliver <laughs> as, we're, as we're approaching the end of the show uh i couldn't have uh, asked you to plan that any better oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't realize. Sorry. <laughs> you, could, you could drop the proverbial mic on that one. Well said. Well said. Uh, yes, and now I don't have to ask you to do this. So, yeah, those are powerful final words. And, and yes, I think each of you, myself, other people that we're all connected with, I truly believe, I've said this before on this show, I know you brought it up. There's all these old school influencers out there, which even though they're old school, they're new school, because what we're finding is that knowledge, ergo the wisdom, continues to get shared throughout time. It just morphs. It just changes in word choices, uh, verbal alignment, how a sentence is structured. But like the classic quote from like Jim, Jim Rome. So whatever you want to, if you want to call it the five people, the the sum, the quantity, the addition, whatever. The point is this, as you just hinted at, as you continue down this path along this timeline, you have a choice of who you're attracting, who you're surrounding yourself with. And part of that growth mindset is once you start really embracing this, digging deeper, maybe experimenting with meditation like you hinted at, is you're going to start attracting growth-oriented people. And those growth-oriented people will help you with your goals, and you'll be able to help them with their goals, and then everybody's growing together. And that's one thing that I could wish for everybody is like as soon as you can get out of that negative mindset, find the positive energy because we're still going to get beat up day in and day out. Let's be real. But when you got that tribe around you, man, that, that energy – that you get to hold each other accountable to and keep that positive growth uh, on, on alignment. That's exciting. You know, that's, that's the right kind of people. I mean, it doesn't have to be physically in person like you and I, right now, I'm going to get, I'm getting done with this podcast and I'm, I'm high as a kite right now. <laughs> like this is good. Oh my goodness. Right? That's awesome. I, I feel the same way. I feel right? the same way. Energetic and it's that vi- vibration. I think understanding the connection, you know, maybe in the eight, in the old eight uh, times, 50 years ago, connection across, you know, digital mediums would never have been perceived. But you can feel the high that you said, and I can feel the same high over this. Yeah. You need to strive for those type of connections. Yeah. Don't be limited by your environment. Say, well, I'm not physically there. You can still find a way to connect and get something good. So, yeah. And again, people hearing this, like, 
you don't have to launch a podcast show like Teo and I have done. Uh, you don't have to go on each other's podcast shows like Teo and I continue to do. You don't have to write books like apparently now Teo and I are doing. Yeah, which is super, yeah, well, super, super cool. <laughs> super cool. The point is, is like it could just be simply sitting down in a hotel lobby room with somebody you just met and having a healthy conversation and just seeing where it goes. Right? Yeah. Just to bring that full circle because I love that. Yeah, uh, and I love the poetry in that. That's exactly how we met. Yeah, and that's how we're we're, we're uh, you know ending it here. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I think if we create a world of people who are more themselves and we commit to being ourselves, we're in a much better place. It's such a simple statement to make, but how many people are truly themselves, and how many people allow other people to be themselves? Nice. So just, those are some more great final words. That's a nice yeah. short one. Yeah. I got to tag, tag that for my VA. My VA at the very end here, we got to use that because I want to put that oh, as yeah. a quote in your blog content when we air the show. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. So well oh, yeah. said, sir. Thank you so well much. Said. And again, congrats on the book. I'm going to do one last final share as we close the show out because for the screen sharing because ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't watched the live feed on Facebook, or you just want to find the book easily, when you go to livethefuel.com, I have an Amazon banner. It goes directly to my Amazon influencer page. So I have a whole chapter here called Scott's Book Recommendations. So all the authors I bring on this show or the books I find powerful and influential are here. And now wow. Tao's book is right there. Because I this just had bestseller? It. So, what? Uh, you're, you're ranking as a bestseller right now. What? So uh, That's news to me. <laughs> you might want to check your data, my friend. What? Um, you're seeing it here first. Yeah. I, I don't know. What? You, you, I, you were listed as a best. When did you turn this on? Wait, but I mean. Well, you're a number one release in business communication. Well, wait, what? Right here. So you might want to. Oh. All right. So all right, we, we're going to shut this podcast down because you got some sharing to do. Okay. I might need, to see, I might need your <laughs> screenshot of that bestseller. <laughs> uh, well, hold on I, a second. I, yeah, let me go, let me go back here. Whoa! Hold on, let me go back to the prior page. Where says best? What? What? Right sorry, there. Sorry, right audience. There. Sorry, audience. I'm just um. You get take your phone because I'm screen sharing. Do you have this on your screen? Grab okay. a snap of that. Let me um. Because like, do you see that guy right in the middle? Keto. That's the keto Guido. That guy's from Jersey Shore. So oh yeah, I do know. I I know yeah, Vinny. He's got a half. <laughs> yeah, Vinny's got a half a billion followers on Instagram, and he just launched his cookbook. So he's best-selling. Dude, Strengths Final 2 Boyo has been out forever. He's best-selling. Well, now you're best-selling, my friend. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Sorry. 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 This is like I was. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm, I'm going to leave this screen up for myself because if you don't post it up there, I'm, I'm slapping that up on Instagram. Uh, so. um, okay. Well Thank done. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, See, I know you were ending the We're broadcast. ending the show on much a uh, whole lot of positive energy. <laughs> uh -huh. Well yeah. done, sir. Well done. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been another powerful Live the Fuel podcast show. And I like to timestamp once in a while. So on Labor Day 2019, Monday, September 2nd, you heard it here first. Tao Roxon's new book, Use Your Difference to Make a Difference, is already ranking as a bestseller. So uh, as I hinted, go to my website, find your way to the Amazon Influencer page, or just go search on your own. But let's, uh, let's support the mission here. Get some new reading, people. All right? So again, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. You too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.